Welcome to the Disconnection Podcast. My name is Ben Harmadi. I'm here with Kyle Nielsen, and we're your host for today's show. During this episode at Disconnection, we'll be speaking to Leonard Castell. So, Leonard, glad to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the audience and let everybody know what you're doing, what you're into, and who you are. Hello, everyone. My name is Leonard Castell. I'm a photographer, and I dabble in embroidery and tattooing, as well as illustration. Very awesome. We've known Leonard for quite a few years now. You know, he's uh, from a town over from us and met us through some mutual friends, and we've been rocking ever since. Um, Leonard, I want to know about the beginning of your, of your journey. I know you're a very creative person. You're a photographer. You seem to be around high fashion often. It seems to be that you like to have yourself very styled. Please tell me the origins of that. Uh, I guess it like starts with music mostly. My dad uh, would always play The Doors and Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. The best. And uh, that was definitely a mind opener from a very early age. I mean, you know, that whole de- generation kind of opens you up to different things and digging in farther and farther, exploring blues and punk metal, stuff like that. And it's all creative scene and just keep exploring, going farther into it and stuff. And uh do you uh do you play any instruments yourself? Yeah, I started playing guitar. I've always uh, been a big fan. I I never could sing. I never really wanted to play drums. Drums were too loud, but guitar just <laughs> seemed like right in the right spot. I was a big fans of Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix and stuff like that, so it's right in my alley. All right, that's awesome. Uh do you uh ever have any ambitions to, like playing a band? Uh I did, but it was always hard to find like the exact type of people that were uh doing what I was interested in, like early rock and roll and blues and stuff. People were more uh, modernizing things right. where I just wanted to just cover old songs. <laughs> so when right, the time so comes about, almost. yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Have you ever played with Ori? Uh, I don't think I have. I don't think I ever have played with Ori. I've played with Ben a couple of times. Yeah, we did a little bit of jamming before. Um, I know me and Leonard, we, we, we actually saw Megadeth and uh, Suicidal Tendencies together. That yeah. was... Just a few months back now. Literally had to scalp some tickets last second at the show. That was actually hilarious. Oh we God, thought our story. friend, right, she had given us uh, tickets and was like, here, you guys got free tickets to this show. And we freaking get to the ticket booth. And they're like, yeah, sorry, this was for a contest uh, a day ago. Oh my <laughs> they're God. not even tickets. <laughs> Whatever. We made it inside. We got GA. Yeah, someone was giving out where we got two free tickets. Right, right. Somebody, two. We lucked out. We were in line. We got two free tickets, and then we had to scalp one for, I don't know, it was like 20, 40 bucks. The guy gave it to us next to nothing. And then uh, we got in, and then we kind of like shimmied our way to the ground floor during uh, the opening <laughs> acts because it wasn't packed at all, and I guess the security nah. guard was distracted. And we ended up going down there, and we had a couple joints. and That was great. That was the beginning of the night. The little <laughs> slip and slide action slip there, slide, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that was really well. That was a good time. I hope to redo uh, another Megadeth concert I know, with you, I Leonard. We just found out we missed the second time around. Right? Yeah, them and Scorpions are playing right now. They're freaking awesome. Man. Right now, this past weekend, or no? I think that it was literally like a month ago. Okay, that's not too bad. So they were they usually tour around this time around here. Yeah. You happen to have any Megadeth tattoos? I don't, but I was just working on a Megadeth illustration. So it's oh, just cool. a drawing. Just a drawing right now, and. Uh, We'll see who wants one. <laughs> oh, right on, I do man. more metal. And Are you doing like Vic dudes. Rattlehead sort of? Like uh, I did the, uh, you know, the Rust in Peace guy. The, yeah, yeah. I did the head. So that's, his yeah. name's Vic Rattlehead. He's Vic Rattlehead, the, okay. 
He's got uh, what do you call it? Visors or something? It's steel visors. It's steel visors uh, welded to his eyes. He's got metal clasps welded to his ears. Yeah, so he's got, got to speak no out. evil, hear no evil, oh, okay. and uh, see, no evil. see no evil. Exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. His mouth is also clasped. There's a song called uh, "Skull Beneath the Skin" on the first album, mm-hmm. where it's like the story of Vic Rattlehead and really? tells you. Really? I gotta look at more. You gotta that. check that tune out. It's a good one, huh. and uh, it gives you eyes face is all fucked up why don't you tell us a little bit about your tattooing you're big into stick and poke right now right yeah so it's it kind of started branch out of embroidery and drawing so uh, people i've always been interested in it and i always had like a hard time finding a good tattoo artist to do the things that i've always wanted to do mm-hmm. and it would, it would irritate me and i'm sure it'd irritate them too if i want to make like slight changes and yeah, stuff like yeah. that because mm-hmm. like you know it's, it's just it's obnoxious to make those small little Having to no, redo just, the entire piece. Exactly. And like, and what was nice about tattooing is a whole nother experience out of any art form I've ever done because it's a lot of like layers to it. So there, there's like a rough drawing, then you got to retrace it. And there's, there's like a lot of steps involved before you even get to the skin. And once you get to the skin, it's a total gamble because everyone's skin is different. You don't know how it's going to heal, how it's going to go in. So, um, it was similar to embroidering because you're using a needle and stuff like that, and I'm right. only been doing hand poking for now. And uh, it's just people have been super excited about it. Like, I see you all over social media with yeah, the I mean, hand people are just tattoos, like yeah. really hyped on it and always want to get more from me and stuff like that. And I mean, like, tattoos in general are super addictive. Once super you have addictive. One, yeah. People love them. You like, kind of want another. There's no help in it. It's crazy because people are more willing to spend money on tattooing than like a print or a photograph or something like that. Oh, for so, sure. For sure. It's pretty mind-boggling. You think you found your venue there for at I least? Found a venue. I mean, yeah. I'm still interested in doing the things like photography, embroidery, sure. but uh, if people want tattoos, I'm not. Afraid to give it to them, you know. What Hell was the yeah. first tattoo that you ever got? That I ever got, I got a tea kettle on my arm that uh, I got burned when I was one years old. I burned myself actually. I had um, pulled the curtain down and tea kettle fell on my arm. Oh. Hot water burned. I think they're third degree. I don't. I really don't remember. It was one, but uh, it must be a gnarly scar. Burns. I mean, yeah. you could it see. used to be my whole forearm. Now it's just on my elbow. Yeah. You really grew into it, huh? Yeah, yeah. grew into <laughs> it for sure. And uh, I got a tea kettle for its commemoration. Cr- cr- Wow, that's, that's yeah. cool. But uh, you know, what I was gonna ask. Uh, so you didn't go to tattoo school, like no. you didn't get any formal training. So uh, who'd you give your first tattoo to, and how the fuck did they let you give them a tattoo? <laughs> uh, so I gave it to my best friend Christian, and uh, basically I would just try to do as much research as possible, a lot of YouTubing and just like reading. You YouTube like instructional videos on it? Yeah, I mean there wasn't like much on it. I mean, it was mostly with machine-based stuff. No one really like explained stick and poking. A couple people did but it's, it wasn't like too too helpful it was more about like these are the basics and like you got to go out and like just do it and find out on your own wow. that's yeah. kind of how it goes about yeah you're gonna make some mistakes i remember yeah. when i first ever tattooed someone uh-huh. it was while i was in the marine corps and i tattooed really? my friend in the barracks because I, I had that tattoo gun for a while it was handed down to that me. yeah it was handed down to me and he showed me how to set it up and how to do it. And then I just experimented, tattooed a bunch of my friends. Okay. And then they were like, I remember specifically this one night, they were like, so you're going to tattoo yourself? And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what they all say. Yeah, well, like, I guess I have to now, right? <laughs> we're all here. Yeah. So I ended up tattooing my thigh. Uh, what'd you do? Uh, it was just a simple design, almost like a flower design, uh-huh. but doesn't look like a flower. It's right. not that great. Let me I mean, tell you. you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. But it's the only tattoo I've, I've ever had that didn't peel. Really? Yeah. 
I felt like because I could feel how it was going on to me, I was uh-huh. a bit more careful about it. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's what's good about tattooing on yourself for sure. Uh, what's nice about stick and pokes is it actually heals a lot quicker than machines have noticed. Really? The mm-hmm. quicker healing process because it doesn't tear the skin as much. And uh, I've noticed like the ink stays in really nicely, especially like I did on my finger. And those are like kind of risky because they can fade out. And right. I've got a couple machine ones too. And those took a lot longer for healing and stuff like that. But How um, long did the stick and poke on your finger last? It was really small. Heal. Heal. Uh, heal. Uh, it was uh, a little bit longer than usual. So it was like a bit of like a week. Mm-hmm. Versus like usually anywhere else on the skin, it's like a couple of days. Yeah. A little less than a week. And uh, I just got this one on my finger and it's been like a couple of weeks and still not fully healed. Interesting. Yeah. Who wow. did that one? Uh, I got this done in Florida. Nice. Old mm-hmm. uh, Buddha symbol. Very cool. Event. <laughs> right. I, I remember that you're into some Buddhas, Buddhism. Is that like, do you consider that a religion or you find the studies? Uh, I mean, some people yeah. consider it a religion. I mean, I, I consider it like a platform of like starting your own philosophy or religion for yourself kind of um he like like most religions like jesus and muhammad with islam and christianity Mm -hmm. they all uh specify not to worship them Mm -hmm. not to depict images of them and the buddha said the same thing so uh people do worship him but um it's more about reading his teachings and applying it to your own life and uh, he even says like you know you don't have to believe in what i'm telling you and you know it's all for yourself if you believe it, great. If you don't, you know, find something that you do believe in. So it's a nice platform of uh, finding peace and um, balance in life. What was the initiation for your interest in Buddhism? Was there like a culminating event in your something, life? Something, I don't know. Something just like always draw, drawn me to it. Just like I've never met an angry Buddhist. I never met like, you know. <laughs> a nice way to describe it. I've never, I've never met like some terrorist that was like affiliated with Buddhism or anything like that, you know. So I, I kind of just explored it, and like like I said, the music that he listened to, with like the whole '60s generation, I, I've noticed that like that it was a big spring in Buddhism around that time and spirituality. Yeah, sure. So I thought I'd like at least read into it. It all kind of stemmed out of meditation, and uh, was that like George Harrison sort of stuff? Yeah, like George Harrison was part of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I, I, there was a whole genre that sprung out around that time. And uh, I was just curious about it. And the more and more I read into it, the more I got fascinated into it and drawn in. Were you raised with a particular religion? Uh, Judaism. And I didn't like it at You're all. Jewish? Very, I yeah. guess. I literally had no yeah, idea. I yeah. Guessed, yeah. yeah. Did you have a bar mitzvah? mitzvah? Yep. And wow. uh, Curacao in the Caribbean. It was the Holy first wow. synagogue in the Western Hemisphere. A very contemporary bar mitzvah. <laughs> wow. Bad. It was really cool, actually, because yeah. uh, the floors were still sand. And uh, they had, awesome. like, Torahs from, like, 1600s. Wow. They were, like, practically impossible to read. The ink was, like, fading and stuff. But That's uh, kind of badass. As yeah. I'm sure you know, yeah. you got to, like, memorize it. It, so yeah yeah it's a, you know worst. almost like a song that you mm-hmm. memorize yeah i speak hebrew with the crackling voices like, uh, yeah, of yeah. a teenage boy <laughs> 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 so are both your parents jewish both my parents are jewish my dad's a little less religious he's more um he's a scientist so like he doesn't really like believe too much in religion mom's getting more and more religious as the years go by i've noticed <laughs> okay interesting so yeah interesting, yeah what was it that uh you disliked about judaism because i Grew up in a household where mom is Jewish, dad is Mormon. Okay. So for me, I'm totally interested in Buddhism, Taoism, spirituality in awesome. general. Yeah, exactly. I don't believe in organized religion. But where did, from you, because both your parents are the same religion, mm-hmm. where did it come from you that you were like, nah, I don't really like Judaism? So uh, from like the very beginning, I, I have very fond memories. Well, not fond memories, but I have memories of being in um, 
temple during holidays and stuff like that and just could not stand like i, I had add and adhd as a young child just like a lot of energy and uh to sit in a temple and listen to that like preaching music and following strict guidelines and then not getting answers in terms of like what how is god real and, and just like religious mm-hmm. questions that kind of couldn't have been answered you're not supposed to question those things and even like uh holidays like passover you know to not eat bread especially something that i love so much and like <laughs> i'm obsessed with pizza like it's one of my favorite <laughs> foods out there and just like most like bread type oriented foods and uh fasting stuff like that it seems just like a depressing religion that didn't really like inspire high hopes and would do what you really wanted to do versus buddhism and taoism you know give you a free platform on how to live a good happy life and uh, find your purpose and place in life yeah did you feel that your journey into first of all did 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 your rock music influences come from your parents like, from my dad, uh, my mom mostly likes uh, like Hebrew music, like mm. old. Really? Yeah, really old. She like, happened to be uh, some Spanish Orthodox. French, yeah, yeah. Is she uh, Orthodox. She's not Orthodox, but I think like or deep down she kind of wishes she was. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, wishes she was. Interesting. But she, you know, she practices like Shabbos and uh, Shabbat and yeah. stuff like that, and says her prayers. Wow, on I didn't Friday. know you were such a Jewish So she's family. not. She's not like super, super religious. Like she still uh-huh. watches TV on the weekends. And right. Stuff like that. Is it aimed towards a more traditional standpoint. Yeah, like for her her for sure but because that's what my mom is you know she's like almost we're doing this because it's our heritage and we don't want to forget yeah is that kind of the same so i I think a lot of those things stem out of the holocaust um Mm -hmm. with jews because they really want to like protect their culture and stuff like that they don't want it to diminish especially when it came so close to sure dissolving completely yeah yeah so it definitely stems from that. I mean, she has so much sympathy for Holocaust survivors and stuff like that. Do you have grandparents? I haven't. Um, Who are Holocaust survivors? So my survivors? grandpa was really young around um, that time, and he was—I think he was three years old. I know most of his family went off to concentration camps, and his him and his brother managed to go to Russia. Wow. They somehow flee to Russia, and his uh, sister, who's my great aunt. Uh, she was in concentration camp until 18, until the Russian forces uh, oh liberated them. God. And they were separated for like, I think like 30, 40 years or something, oh something crazy like that. Like they didn't see each other until the 90s in Russia. Wow. Or 80s, she came to visit and uh, through like some program I guess they had. And um, yeah, they, they had to, I think they met in Moscow or something like that. And Jews weren't really allowed in Moscow or right. St. Petersburg. They're kind of like ostracized. They're kind of like second-class citizens. Interesting. Kind of like how African-Americans were in America. I yeah. think there was, I, if I remember correctly, that the Jews were treated like gypsies in Russia at that oh, yeah. time. It was oh, something yeah. like that. For sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I said, second-class citizens. Mm-hmm. Like um, my grandpa was um, pretty high up. I mean, everything was like you worked for governments in Russia. So uh, he was pretty high up, like in a manager, managerial position but he was in siberia he wasn't allowed to be in moscow because because he was jewish and stuff like that so he probably would have had a better living if he wasn't jewish okay so there's like situations like that but um yeah i mean especially if you grow up in like you know communist russia i'm sure you have different mentality on life yeah you know completely different culture yeah yeah especially like that you know they don't speak too fondly of jews so you definitely want to like hold on to that culture which i understand you know it's It's just hard for me yeah, I mean, I can imagine that it puts a certain, I don't want to say chip on your shoulder, but it yeah. gives you, you know, something to grow up with. Yeah. 
I know. I mean, I still love bagels, still love vlogs. You know, <laughs> culturally speaking, on those types of situations, yeah. I'm all about it. Comedy, like movies, like sure. Jewish community, comedians and actors and stuff like that. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. It's just like when it comes to strict religious practices, I'm not too big on. So how many years has it been that you've been studying Buddhism? Buddhism? Uh, or been meditating? Three, three years, a little over three years now. Are you meditating daily? Every day, yeah. Uh, I used to do it a lot more than I do now. Um, yeah, I started off like five hours a day or something. I started oh off my 10 God. minutes. Started off with 10 minutes and it grew to five hours a day and then it shrunk down to just like an hour or two. So you're telling me night. for five hours a day? In your- I, not sitting down for five hours, but like in increments and stuff like that. You e- know? Explain to me and... Uh, I know you're you do photography and uh-huh. your tattoos and what's a work life day look for you and how are you able to fit five hours of meditation? Yeah, in so I, like I would uh, wake up in the morning, brush my teeth and meditate an hour and then um, breakfast and then go out either draw, take photos or um, just read and like study whatever I can in terms of like Buddhism or mm-hmm. drawing or art, whatever I'm interested in really. And, uh, you know, my break would be a meditation or while I'd be cooking dinner or uh, cooking lunch or something like that. If it's in the oven, meditate you know, mm-hmm. for an hour while the food's getting ready. Just like, you know, nice little hour long breaks. Wow. From day to day. I that's awesome. Say you're yeah. a very motivated and dedicated individual. I mean, that's a pretty. It kind of restores like good feelings. So like it comes to a point where you're like, you kind of want to do it. Yeah. yeah. But like when it comes to a point you don't want to do it. I don't know. It's just kind of like. You're interested in it, and you want to see how, like how far you can take it. You know what I mean? That's an awesome outlook on that. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever felt a, a peak on your meditation in the sense of, you know, I don't meditate five hours a day. Yeah. That's crazy. But it's while in meditation, where you just literally lose your sense of self. Uh yeah. I mean, like you just kind of like you 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 get like nice tingling sensations. I would put it, I guess. And then like, you know, your thoughts, like it's, you read your thoughts, whatever comes. Cause you start to realize that like how many thoughts you have a day and like the point of meditation is to calm those thoughts and they slowly start to recede. But you start to find out what your thoughts are, what is coming through your mind and uh, what you're focusing on. View them almost more objectively. More, well, from a non-objective perspective is the oh, whole point okay. is you're supposed to you're not supposed to like get into like the arguments of your mind and stuff like mm-hmm. that you're just supposed to see like what is coming up in your mind mm. so just like thinking like okay pizza's on my mind <laughs> that may be mean i'm hungry or something like that uh-huh. or if you're angry you know well, like what is making me angry like you're not supposed to like dwell into it you're supposed to like Take note of it. Take note of it, exactly. That's very interesting. So you're kind of finding yourself in these hour sessions of meditation. I know I call that the five minutes before I fall asleep thoughts is what Uh that sounds like. You know what I mean? When all those things are just coming to you. I guess if you don't meditate. So now my question actually, when you meditate and then before you go to bed, are you still (laughs) getting any thoughts that are keeping you up at night or now that these thoughts are completely... I mean, I definitely Receded. sleep nicer. Um, yeah. I definitely, I don't know. I mean, I know you're, when you dream, you dream like all throughout the night and stuff like that. You're actually right. more active sleeping than you are awake, if I'm not mistaken. I mentally, think, I think I, so. mentally, I think your brain works even harder when you sleep. I think it told. might be watching TV. I don't think awake, no, I, awake. Like I dream states or like dreams, REM cycles and stuff yes, like that, it, it works twice as fast or something. In the cycle, yeah. like when you're at the peak of the cycle, sure. But I don't right. think throughout sleeping, 
like all of sleep that your brain is more active. I think it is throughout the day. But during that cycle, mm-hmm. when it's hitting its peak point, yes, there's omega waves going off in your brain and, okay. and your brain is completely active and you're mm-hmm. going, oh my God, you know, if you had a CT scan or whatever of it, you'd be like, whoa, like that's pretty crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. That person's thinking right So now. I think with meditation, it's actually the complete opposite where it's like, le- like it actually starts to slow down and... Um, there are like some activities that go on, but it's like a different. It's different from REM cycles, from what I'm, what I'm been told. Okay, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit on that. Omega waves are released during meditation. Beta waves are released during uh, REM cycle. I think that's what it is. Okay, let's have so someone fact check us while they listen to this. Why don't you? I know. Yeah, I know. There's like <laughs> delta waves, alpha waves, beta waves, and which can be released during meditation and stuff like that. Um, I, I, yeah, like I, I could be wrong as yeah. well, but that's from what I've read. We're, we're not experts on this, anybody. I'm not an expert. Definitely <laughs> not. I'm just giving. My I heard that DMT whatever. comes out when you sleep. That's what, oh, that's what they shit. tell me. DMT comes out when you meditate, when you, when you're born, when you die. Really? Yeah. When you're born. Yeah, insane amounts like uh come out when you're when you're born and when you die. It releases in, you, from your brain. You tripping so you out the your, womb. Yeah, leave your yeah. mother's warm. It's kind of interesting with the body. whole ayahuasca and DMT trips and stuff like that. Have you before? I I haven't. I've been very interested in wanting to do it have you guys done it yeah i and not me i not recently you. did DMT for the first time it was it was quite spectacular because everyone has a different experience from it all but they're quite similar yeah i mean it was uh it was a trip <laughs> i'm sure <laughs> literally and figuratively but it's it, a natural ingredient that occurs in your body and it's in absolutely. everything you know plants yeah it, it happened very quickly it was that? about seven six minutes um I closed my eyes and I was transported to another place. And uh-huh. It's not like I you smoke it. We did, yeah, we smoked it. I don't think I left my body completely. I still felt very connected to my body. Uh-huh. So some people would call that a non-breakthrough. I wasn't fully there, right. um, but I saw lots of silhouettes of people uh, moving very quickly, looking at me. Um, but those seven minutes, like, doesn't it feel much longer? Oh, it felt it felt very long, but we timed it. Who okay. I was with, we timed it. And it, it was very short, but it felt like forever. And then we spent the next three hours talking about it, mm-hmm. talking about life. And, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like space, you know, like concept of time completely gets eliminated. Uh, yeah. There is no concept of time yeah. when you're on it. Yeah. Which is kind of fascinating to me. Yeah. You lose your first thing that goes is your sense of mobility. Like you motor functions start to disappear. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, oh, well, let me lay back and close my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. See ya. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Slipping through another dimension. <laughs> Slipping through another dimension. All right, Leonard, I have my favorite question of yours to you. Let's get um, why pizza? Why pizza? Yeah, you uh, brought it up a couple times already. So I, I was born in Manhattan. I, I I spent some time in the Bronx when I was younger. My grandparents lived there. My family lived there. Okay. And I would still visit time to time. And uh, I don't know. It's just like so many. You can associate so many memories with it, like from childhood. Like it doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. There's still pizza catering for all those types of people. You know. You can get dollar slice or you get a twenty dollar pie of Neapolitan like well crafted pizza. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's such a nice communal activity and I it's always it. there for you. Yeah, it's always there. Pizza and always every there. slice is different. You never know what you're gonna get. You know, every slice is different. You never know what you're gonna yeah. get. And that's that's a nice one. Yeah, it's true. Seen. It's always an experience going to a new yeah. pizza place, especially if you're in New York and New mm-hmm. Jersey. You, can... you have a favorite pizza? I love Neapolitan pizza, like nice classic margarita. Uh, mm-hmm. And nothing's better than New York mm-hmm. Slice, too, though. Than a what slice? New York Slice, just I, uh, a classic. Just a classic. Yeah. Fold or no fold? 
Uh, it depends on the pizza. If there's bubbles, I try not to fold it because mm. I love I love bubbles on my pizza. <laughs> Enjoy that little crisp. Bite, yeah, right? but like I, you know, if I'm walking, yeah, I'll fold it. Yeah, you gotta fold it <laughs> you if you're walking. Yeah. Walk. But like sometimes there's like really like not fully cooked Neapolitan pizzas. They're like really f- like flimsy. Mm-hmm. So then you got like sometimes dare I say flop. use a fork and knife. Oh lord, you know, I, you no know, way. The truth sometimes, is, people, man, sometimes I, I'll I got you on this, Leonard. Yeah. It's it's uh, sacrilegious to some people, but yeah. uh, I understand. Uh-huh. Sometimes you need to use a fork and a knife. Yeah. You cut a few sometimes, squares. They're just not stable enough. The base is just not stable. No. Yo, two hands fold. <laughs> I got that. Well, I don't I'm eating greasy it. cheese and like you know all of my fingers. It also I think reminds me of like my childhood. Like people used to serve you as a kid pizza that uh-huh. was cut up, and sometimes I want. Yeah, I remember pizza, that. My you know my I mean? grandpa would get uh, asked the guy to slice a regular slice in two <laughs> for me to eat it, which was awesome. Yeah, I just I remember uh, looking. At, I was a big fan of baseball when I was younger, and like the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like having this big poster of '96 Yankees with like Brian Williams and Derek Jeter and Andy Pettit. Roger Clemens, all that. Do you the don't watch baseball day. anymore? Not anymore. I mean, uh, you know, I don't mind going to a nice baseball game right now and again. Going to the game is different than watching it, though. Yeah, on TV. for sure. Like, I don't keep up with it as much as I used to. Like, I was definitely a big fan when I was younger. Yeah. When did you think that started to fade away? Um, When I found skateboarding. Oh, yeah? Yeah. When, how old were you when that started? Uh, I guess it was when, like, the Tony Hawk series started to come out. The <laughs> fucking <laughs> best, man. Internet. The best series. Yeah, because, like, it was, it was Tony Hawk, I would say, and mm-hmm. then, like, that was kind of, like, a nice introduction, and the X Games were kind of coming up. But then uh, the internet was just starting, and, like, you can, like, you know, start watching old skate videos from, like, the 80s and 90s, which resonated a lot for me, mm-hmm. being in New Jersey and not having a skate park. So there would always, like, it was the only sport where I can just go outside in front of my house or anywhere and just use a skateboard. Didn't need a team. I didn't need friends. I just had a skateboard. All I needed was, like, a curb, a hill, and, like, a road. And, like, you know, possibilities were endless. Yeah. The fucking so best. That that was, like, the whole breakthrough with the 80s and 90s street skating, which, like, I kind of resonated with. Yeah. It was just, like, what I had, and I can, like, relate to it, you know? Totally, and I can imagine those Tony Hawk games also had a lot of great soundtracks, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I still listen to some of those songs. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. songs. I'm sure. That, so did you think those games and skateboarding kind of introduce you more to different types of music, different types of people? You found your interest in photography maybe and videoing people skating. Did that all come together? Yeah, very like, much so. If you ever watch a video part of the, like, one of the most memorable things is memorable things is uh, the video of uh, the songs they use for the parts. Especially now, I mean, um, back then it was probably more a big deal than it is now. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was like the big thing was like trying to find like a good song. Ninety six quite bitter beings. Right? Yeah, like you never know. You're, yeah. Like there's so many great stuff out there, and you like you literally learn about new bands that way. That That's was, cool. I wish I had that outlet. Free social music media, growing stuff up. like that. Yeah, that That's... was for sure. Are you going to skate parks uh, today? You know? Yeah, I went to ten oh five. Was it yesterday? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I sprained my ankle a couple months ago, so I haven't been able to skate too much. But uh, have they changed the park here at all? Uh, every like the, not 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 recently, no. But uh, New York, they've been popping up skate parks like left and right. I was pretty blown away. They're getting really? like, a lot of uh, government budgets and stuff, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, there's definitely been a huge surge in the past, like I would say, ten years in skate parks around the world. 
do you still shoot at parks often or more often you think you're looking i see i went on photographing wise yeah yeah uh, no i really don't photograph skateboarding too much Mm -hmm. i mean maybe the culture more around it Mm. but uh not really you like the fashion that comes from it yeah i don't know something about clothes just kind of like draws me to it especially like women's clothes specifically Mm -hmm. like i like wearing men's clothes but i prefer photographing women more uh, I don't know. I think it just says a lot about a person, like what they wear, you know. It's Meanwhile, like myself and Ben are in sweats and relaxed yeah. clothes. You come in looking fresh as fuck. <laughs> Leonard came in. He had this nice overcoat. He's yeah. got this great little three-quarter coat. Mm-hmm. Got a button-down mm-hmm. on. It's, it's, classy. it's like wearing the hair's like, a uniform done. every day. You never know mm-hmm. what like a costume, you know. No, yes. you're, you're you're absolutely like a right. Costume every day. That's how Why you does see Halloween it? have to be one day a year, you know. Agreed. I'm with you. Yeah. So mostly women have. I don't even want to say they have more options, but I feel like they, they have more. They definitely do, and okay. there's definitely more like time and money focused on women because they're more, they're more consumers mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it comes to um, clothing and stuff like that than men. You know, I mean, like I'll wear the same jeans for like four or five years at right. least. Easy, you know. Unless they like really like, tear apart or like. You're breaking them in still, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it molds your body a little bit. Exactly. You know? Gives a character. So when was the first time you started uh, photographing women, specifically for fashion? Uh, I'd say towards uh, the end of high school and uh, like right before I started going to art school. So I was always like interested in photography, but like, you know, it's not you're, like your parents are going to buy you a camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, then like I met Justin in, towards the end of high school, middle of high school, and he had this really old Hasselblad camera. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Drove me a while. I was like just looking through the viewfinder and stuff like that. It was just like I don't know. I, I have like a taste for old things and stuff like that. So cool. just the way things used to be. And then um, after that, I took a photography class in high school and then watched this Richard Avedon documentary, who was a fashion photographer. He started off in the '60s and then you know had a successful career until like I think he died in early 2000s. I want to say maybe late 90s. And then, like, yeah, I was just like, all I have to do is try to take a picture, one picture like him, and, like, I'll be set, you know? I'll be good to go. Do you work for a firm right now, or, you know? Shooting? I used to work for a photographer, and now I'm just freelancing around, stuff like that. And, yeah, I uh, saw your site. Yeah. It's cool, man. I do Fashion Week and work with bloggers and try to work with companies and stuff. Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick little break here and give a big, big thank you to our sponsor, the Blockchain Academy. They let us use their studio and their equipment, and they teach you all about blockchain technology. You can check them out online. They have world-class instructors, and they're going to teach you how to use blockchain. So we just want to say thank you to them again, and let's get back to the show. Now, you might not have the answer to this question, but I'm just out of my own curiosity. Is uh, have you seen the influence that uh, like obviously this is, would be an overtime sort of thing, but can you pinpoint fashion that David Bowie has changed on his own? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there's tons of like documentaries and stuff. Yeah, on, on Justice Clothing specifically. Because I know, I mean, I follow yeah. just most of his stuff, but I don't know about fashion like as an art. Uh-huh. Uh, like I, I, I like to look at fashion from more of like a real day to day perspective. There mm-hmm. is a whole other genre of like artistic, like using it as like a sculpture almost or an art form, mm-hmm. which is how fashion week used to kind of be. It was much more couture and stuff versus now they're trying to make it more like ready to wear, ready to buy type situations, which is like Zara. Nice. 
Yeah, Zara, Tommy Hilfiger, I think, like, kind of, like, started uh-huh. it off. Like, as opposed to, like, those outlandish, like, art yeah, pieces. Yeah, that's what it used to wearing. be like. Gotcha. It's definitely not like that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. People still, you know, dress up and stuff like that, but it's more right. like something a bit more realistic. I mean, it's definitely something. Like, practical wear, sort of. More practical, yeah. which is what I kind of like, cool. personally. Um, Almost more urban, too. More urban or just, like, street style. Something, like, you can actually wear versus, like, you know, what Lady Gaga wears, where it's just, like, you're lucky to make it past the red carpet and, like, <laughs> you know, without, like, falling over. But the thing is, you know, you go to New York City and you still see some people getting away with those outfits. Oh, yeah, that's what I love, outfits. though. Like, you never know where you're going to find. It's I mean, great. like, possibilities are endless. <laughs> people always, like, I don't know, trying something new. It Jazzing is. it up. Are you shooting uh, anything besides fashion? Uh, yeah, I mean, I always, like, go out to, like, natural parks and stuff like that. I Lately, I've been photographing myself, actually. Because uh, I've Looking noticed. Fly. Yeah, thank you. I, I just like people on Instagram seem to like it way more than anything else I post. People so. like other people being vain, apparently. Yeah. I've, I've noticed it too. Well, they follow you. They want to yeah. see pictures of yeah. you. I, I, I which guess. I understand. It's just uh, I would never want it to be that way. But, you know, it's, it's nice because it's just is. the way it happens, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm personally really big into landscape photography. Yeah, like I, I love going to like national yeah, parks and something stuff like a that. Beautiful scenic view uh-huh. where, of course, your eyes are picking up like 68, 64 megapixels. And yeah, camera doesn't do that, so you try yeah. to capture it and put it for everyone yeah. else to it's see. It's never quite like, the same, but yeah. sometimes you know, sometimes you get a winner. Yeah, <laughs> nah, the, this time of the season is actually like the best when you're like fall into winter and you oh, have so many different oh, yeah. colors and you get good sunsets in the middle of the day. You know what I mean? It's fucking great golden hours. Yeah, I was just at uh, Bear Mountain. It was perfect. Oh, it's yes. nice up there. It's and real then, nice. And then up I there. just went to Storm King. What was it two days ago? Oh, awesome! Perfect. Oh my god! Absolutely. People perfect. don't know it's a great big, place uh, to take acid. But you would have to do it on a weekday, or like it'd even be better if you can rent it out. I don't know if that's a possible thing, but. I was just going to say Storm King is a big art installation. Uh, it's like a field with all these huge sculptures in it. And acres, I, acres. Acres. Oh, my it's God. Massive. I would agree. That sounds like somewhere cool to take yeah. acid. Was there a, was there a lot of the trees there right now uh, changing oh, or was it just starting? Uh, some of them were starting. Some of them were like, uh, you, you know, the, I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the cover of Big Fish. Mm-hmm. You remember that cover? Of yeah, the tree? I love that I'm movie. pretty sure that was photographed there. And that tree doesn't have any leaves on it right now, so it's kind of cool because it has that look. And, um, yeah, some of the trees were just changing. Some of them were, like, perfect at peak and stuff like that. Like, I would definitely try to make it there within the next week or something like that until it all goes away. But uh, yeah. it was absolutely perfect. So, yeah, it really depends, like, where you are, I guess. But um, it was perfect when I went. I asked because I was at Bear Mountain last weekend. Mm-hmm. And the leaves were kind of just starting to just change. Just Some of them here, some of them there. Yeah, it was a couple a days hike. ago, and it was yeah. perfect. Wow. Yeah. Damn, should have gone on a hike this you morning. You still, uh, I, th- I think there's still time. I mean, I don't know how stormy it's going to be out right now. but Today um, was fucked, yeah. man. Jesus Christ. Past couple of, past week or two has been absolutely perfect. Yeah. Last night was even, like, pretty nice, too. It was, like, I thought it was going to be a little chilly, but it was, like, pretty warm. No, yeah, but uh, aside from the weather, uh, I was wondering, uh, you say you like old stuff, nostalgia, and just yeah. like the way like you caught Justin's camera and mm-hmm. you thought that was interesting. Do you like uh, collect any kind of old stuff, antiques, or yeah, maybe a little, memorabilia? Yeah, a little too much. It's getting <laughs> too much. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't be what a kind of stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I'm pretty good with it. There's people like that just set up piles. Like, I, I want to put my stuff on display which is nice, but, like, I yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with it. I don't know what it is, but, like, <laughs> you just, like, 
you never know what you're gonna find, and it's just like whatever catches your eye. So it's it's anything from like old military uh, to like um, old photographs, paintings, posters, like movie posters yeah. and stuff like that. Like, are you finding this stuff in antique stores, or are you just rummaging through uh, old antique shops? stores? Is more like top dollar. I, I like to just uh, kind of like American Pickers, where you just like go go out and either flea markets, estate sales, garage sales, cool. yard sales. And you look for like a certain era or something. Um, it doesn't have to be a certain era. I mean, I definitely prefer anything like older than the 80s, obviously. Just like, like pre-digital? Specifically, I, I find a lot of stuff usually from the 50s or 40s mm-hmm. or usually turn of century type stuff. But if you if I can find something older than like old board. Um, definitely not too big on like Renaissance stuff. Definitely like industrial turn of the century. Mm-hmm. World War II is really cool. Yeah, those are cool eras. Yeah. I know uh, I went, I stopped into an antique shop in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it's just a trip going into the, like, I haven't, I think that was like the first one I'd ever properly been in and like looked around. And it, it's just cool looking at shit like that. Yeah, I mean, you're you just like a random array of like oddities. Yeah. Like, and there's not stuff that you see today anymore. Everything yeah, is modernized, square, thing. blocky. Yeah. Old, like radios and stuff like that. They're just like nicely designed. Radios, like even like non-functional old cameras are very cool. Just like yeah. the way they're built yeah. is very interesting. Very I really like that kind of stuff too. Not like collecting, but I find it very interesting as well. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite piece that you have? Oh man, favorite piece. It's hard to say. Give uh, me three if you can. So I got a bunch of old records, but like those are kind of just, like I, I love collecting old records, but uh, I, I have a feel you there. Yeah. A really old movie poster that I got it was uh, about it was a movie about the Zeppelin Graph. Okay. Huge poster. It's got to be like five feet wide by like two feet high, something like that. You it's have a Zeppelin across, and it's got like a burning Zeppelin on the side, like nice. the first album cover sort of thing. Uh, or? yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, but it was more about like the like actual catastrophe, yeah, the cat- catastrophe. Gotcha. That happened in Jersey. Um, I just got this old veterans, uh, military souvenir coat from France. It was like dated 57, 59. Is that the one I've seen you wear before? Yeah, it was on Instagram. Or do you have a couple of coats? Uh, I have that one. Um, that's the only one I find. It's kind of hard finding vintage clothing actually, or maybe I'm just too lazy to look through those types of things, (laughs) but like, yeah. Um, I have that. What's What's another one's really good? Oh yeah, I just found these old subway, uh, New York City subway. On the turnstiles, no, not on the turnstiles. On the trains, it would tell you where the destination was, what train it was, and uh, I got one of those. I don't know what they're called off the top of my head. Like a subway poster, you're saying? It's not a subway poster. It's what they would put to tell you where, like, um, you know, the F train going to. Uh, I, I got you. Like F train or something like that. And almost, it, almost like it was the, hand painted. They're all hand painted really? on this like the, very like durable the map. Fabric. You mean it's not a map. It's just it tells you what train it is, like F train, right? Mm-hmm. Like the letter F. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it tells you uh, like what direction it's going. So like F, like Broadway, or, going down gotcha. Broadway or something like that. And uh, yeah, I got a couple of those. I got an old circus poster. It was really nice, and it just says the date. 
and it's all uh, I think it's silk screen or something a wood block it might be even really? wood block it's just red and white I know they reprint them all the time but have you found any original? no this is the original no not of not of that I was gonna ask if you found of any original of those uh, old concert posters that they they used to sell like you know you see is those it, prints of like Floyd and like freaking yeah concert Fleetwood poster, Mac posters together. are kind of hard to find uh, I've come across a lot of World War One posters that are really really rare wow and uh, I've seen two that were mint condition and other other ones that were uh glued on on um on wood block or just on a wood uh-huh. wood um and those are pretty deteriorated but they still look good but they're very valuable i just want to smell those man <laughs> <laughs> i'm not even kidding a century old fucking piece they definitely of, have a distinct smell to them for I, sure i can like old records yeah i love i love that smell <laughs> musty man smell. i like going through my records just yeah, <laughs> Holy shit. I'm not kidding. You what? You don't? You've never had that old comic book smell either. You know when you pull out your, yeah, your books. Yeah. You know it's, it's not something I I, I go to for smells. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I promise I'm not the only person on earth that enjoys that. You're definitely smell. not. I guarantee you that. <laughs> it's so I collect a lot of uh, like tickets. I have movie tickets from yeah. years ago. Okay. If I go and travel somewhere, I have like the subway passes from there. Or airplane tickets. Do you have any smaller items? Because all these things that you're saying you've collected, I do. Are, I got a lot of large. small items. Um, yeah. I have I, old postcards that are really cool. I like this. Like a lot of tattoo designs are actually based off like really old uh, postcards and stuff. Like Sailor Jerry tattoos. Sailor Jerry stuff. Like just very like all traditional Americana tattoos, like old Indian heads and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I very much see that that's like your specific style. It seems yeah. like for those stick and poke tattoos, mm-hmm. right? I Are, collect like old. Uh, I I got like an old um, cigarette carton case. Mm. It's got to be like early eighteen hundreds, something like that. No way. Yeah, that's I collect awesome. like old paper, like from um, Harper's Weekly, which was a old journal from the eighteen hundreds, and like a couple cutouts. I collect old magazines too, fashion magazines. Um, Is any of this resellable? Or is it very? They're actually like pretty pro- uh, profitable. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would, but like I would have a hard time selling some of these things. All of like, it very. I'm sure there'll be a point in time where like I don't mind letting them go. But like I like, you know, it's kind of like a being a historian in a sense. Sure. Like a lot of people don't want to like. It's, it's obviously not museum quality or anything like right. that. But there's something like just like feels wrong about throwing it away, you know, and like oh, I like to get them framed and stuff like that, and eventually resell them. They're definitely like very like profitable for sure it's definitely a profitable industry that's awesome if you do it right right because you can find stuff at garage sales you know like next to nothing five dollars yeah next to nothing sell it for a couple thousand like i found i found an old lithograph and uh what's a lithograph again it's a a type of printing Mm -hmm. uh it's a it's a type of printing format okay that they used to use a hundred years ago and uh it was a commemoration of factory workers for the past like hundred years it was like 1784 to 1884. It was like three bucks. The frames and everything. It was dirty. Sure. But like if you clean it off and stuff, you know. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. You're good to go. Get those bargain bin fines. Yeah. Now, uh, any comedians in your life that I know you were mentioning comedy earlier yeah, or something that's big in your definitely life? Definitely a huge help in my life. You know, it's just like a nice to listen to like uplifting things. But uh, oh yeah. Uh, specifically, like I mean, Dave Chappelle, I like, can. I really like um, the, classic the, the ones like two Richard and a half Breyer. seasons he got at Chappelle show were the yeah. fucking some of the best television. Yeah, I mean, comedy I, ever. I just even like listening to his interviews are just like so. He's naturally very funny and an interesting um, guy. 
I like listening to Russell Brand's interviews over his stand-up. On this crazy no, over his stand-up? <laughs> yeah, his stand-up's a little too, like, um, a little too energizing, maybe. I don't know what it is. It's just I think like, that's just him in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, a little bit. Where, like, when I listen to him talk, it's like, it's like a nice intellectual conversation. He is. Very intellectual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he just likes pushing, or at least, like, quote-unquote, trying to push the envelope a little uh-huh. bit in his live shows. But yeah, I've sure. seen his interviews, too. I agree with you. It's, it's more like he's definitely dude. trying to entertain more. Yeah. Which is nice, you know. I mean, I understand. It's his job. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, recently, yeah, stand-up comedy. Uh, and, just like, to movies. keep it on Russell Brand for a moment, uh-huh. I recently listened to an interview with him and Joe Rogan. And okay. Well, was it the newer one? It was the newer one, okay, yes. Yeah. And he was – I was surprised. I, I've – kind of had this idea of him as always a, a very spiritual person, but he had recently, um, and I say recently, like, I don't know the time scale, uh-huh. but he had done a 12-step program. He recently wrote a book where he designed and, like, analyzed his own 12-step program and what how it helped him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stay away from drugs and recovery, he, recovery in general um, from whatever it is that he was having problems with or what he foresaw as problems. Uh-huh. Uh, but he was very... Uh, as you say, energized towards like speaking about God, which I didn't expect mm-hmm. from him. It came as a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, I remember like maybe it was his first interview with Joe Rogan or something like that. He was like, that was like kind of what gave me a flip of the switch of what like what God could possibly be. Because uh-huh. mm-hmm. he was saying that, and I'm like I remember because I used to be kind of atheist, pretty atheist. And uh, until, like, I heard him say, like, yeah, I believe in God, I was like, oh, man, I kind of, like, backed off for a second. You were like, wait a second. Right. And then he explained it, and it was just, like, the it wasn't, he didn't see it as a specific type of being. He saw it as, a, like, a form of energy, which I thought was, like, really, kind of, like, an eye-opening way of looking at it. And uh, he, I mean, he's definitely very spiritual. I mean, he, like, he can list a number of types of people, like Joseph Campbell and stuff like that. He just goes on and on and on. And uh, I, I was just like thought it was really interesting to hear like a different perspective of like what God could be, you know? What right. Because I mean? we're so used to that traditional idea of yeah, of this is God. He is a superpower being, yeah. and He created the earth, the heavens, the people. You know, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. For blah, you blah. guys, I see a big piece of spaghetti and two meatballs, <laughs> and uh, those meatballs have eyes. Well, that's what I love about the Indian philosophy is they think everything is God. It's just energy. You know yeah. what I mean? Which that's makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. Because they always, uh, if you look at Judaism or anywhere uh-huh. else, they always say it's like it's not anything. It's just like it's not male or female. Right. It's not positive or negative, which is what energy is, you know? Sure. It's creation of the universe, energy. Yeah. What we're all made of, what everything yeah. else is. I think that when you take uh, psychedelic drugs, you definitely get to experience a little bit about what that energized or energy god is yeah it takes it takes you away from the philosophical standpoint of uh god was a you know again the created the heavens the earth Mm -hmm. and it's more of a well god is all around us right now if we were to say we believe in god there's just the infinite limitations you know what i mean so it's like that's what's cool about psychedelics like dmt and lsd and stuff like that is like it just breaks down any form of limitations that our mind knows you know, because we only like scientists only look at things as like a purely physical basis. Like whatever I see, that's reality. That's right. proof that it exists. Or can be explained through experiments. Yeah, yeah. But like 200 years ago, no one could see x-rays. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're still finding out more and more things as life goes on about what exists. Yeah. It's going to be interesting seeing what the rest of the spectrum of reality is exactly. as far as we know it. I mean, oh. color, you know, the spectrum of color is like what? 0.1 percent 
of what uh, radio waves or waves that exist. Right. Yeah. It's a very small fraction of what and we look can how see. much exists that yeah. we can see. You know what I mean? Think about how much is out there. Yeah. In between. I'm trying to take the drug to show me the new colors, right? Colors, <laughs> that's yeah. what we want. Find a new color. But they're not even colors, colors, right? Because the visual colors that we perceive is yeah. all visual. These other radio waves, um, you know, x-rays, uh, ultraviolet. They, yeah. They're, they're not even color. They're just waves and how we perceive well, them we is can't, different. Well, the whole thing is our eyes just can't process yeah. those waves. So imagine if we had eyes that could process. process. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I'm saying. To see the, the maybe they are, or maybe I don't know. Y- you know what else could be a thing. I'm fucking talking out of my ass right now, but let's say maybe in the future they find out to, like we can cybernetically implant ourselves to be able to process more types of wavelengths, mm-hmm. so your eyes can actually see more of reality. I'm sure that's that's a thing in the pretty near future. Probably, yeah. I can imagine Google, that. Yeah. Google eyeglasses or whatever. Some yeah. shit, Google and then it's it's, the it's eventually glasses. just all mm-hmm. going to be in your body. Windows made one now. The, the Windows goggles or something where it's uh, like Google, Google Glass one. you're talking about? Google Glass, Glass yeah. the Windows has this thing where Windows it's like it's glasses as well and you look at a flat surface like a wall, a white wall uh-huh. and it projects like something through the glasses not literally onto the wall yeah. but you can only see it if you're wearing the goggles. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty remarkable. The technology has been taking huge leaps and bounds and yeah. I mean is constantly advancing which I feel like, you know, uh, Blade Runner came out recently. Yeah. You know, all these sci-fi movies that we Fantastic. see. They are the stages of like. Have you seen the new one? Oh, absolutely. People look at that. the old one. I'm waiting to see the new one. I want to go to. Oh, you dude, have to. See it Lincoln in theaters. Square. Have you, you have been to, to Lincoln Square movie theater? No. AMC? no. Okay. So they have the largest AM, um, IMAX screen. No in the, uh, not the world or the country, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's like two stories high. Where is this? What? It's in, uh, you know, Lincoln Center uh, where the opera house is. Yes. Like that. It's like ah. right up the road. Yeah, dude, uh, 100% see it in theater before its theatrical run runs out yeah. because, uh, first of all, the sound production of that movie was unfucking believable. It's just it's Hans Zimmer. On Zimmerman? Yeah, Zimmer, Zimmer, no, Zimmer, it was Zimmer. You got it. And he, he, just for that alone, it's worth watching in a theater and not at home. And the movie is directed beautifully. Yeah. And did, you, did you like the first movie? I did. Okay. Very much so, especially cool. the soundtrack. So yes. Amazing. So they it's same sort of style. They kept it going. I forgot who the original composer of the first Blade Runner soundtrack was. It was some famous German guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's the same. They let the scenes breathe. It's very it's not a fast cut 2017 normal film. It's okay. a nice. proper sci fi movie and a proper sequel, if not. Yeah, I I hate to even say it, but it might be even a little better than the first Blade Runner. Really? It really okay. is. Yeah. Don't have to watch it now. It yeah, it's, I've it's, heard good things. So it's it delivers. I Could was be right. It's not like a fast paced action movie, and I literally got out of the theater and I was shaking with adrenaline. Like mm-hmm. for the, I couldn't fall asleep. <laughs> I saw it at night. It was crazy. So uh, high praise for that film. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so a lot of our technologies are coming from these sci fi movies. I mean, cell phones like Star yeah. Trek. You know, inspiration's got to come from somewhere, right? Yeah, definitely. Especially with like drugs. Star Wars and stuff like that, which is remarkable because he had to look at like, he was looking at World War Two and like Romans and stuff like that to get all these ideas. George Lucas, yeah, yeah, he cool. also ripped off some other. Uh, I forgot it was a Japanese film about samurai uh-huh. that yeah. was. Uh, he took a lot of ins- people say he ripped them off. I, whatever you can call it, inspiration. I mean, Ripping that, off inspiration is pretty much the same thing. As same as shit. Concerned. He also liked those Flash Gordon serials. You know that Star Wars like title opening screen? Uh-huh. That's like a Flash Gordon thing originally. Okay. Yeah. So 
that was like how Lucas, I, I've, I've read a lot about George Lucas recently, and apparently he needed a lot of his ideas reined in back in the day, and oh, yeah. that's kind of why we got the prequels later on. Apparently uh, on his ranch, uh, what was the name of the ranch? Uh, I think it's just Lucas Ranch or something. Ranch, yeah. something like that. He has a whole library in his place, and he has like all these assistants looking there. Marking down Skywalker source, Ranch. source material and stuff like that just mm-hmm. for him, like all day, every day. Say that again? Looking for source material? Yeah, just like inspiration or whatever for his new movies. Just like has people all day, every day working in his libraries. Just like he, I know right now that they're – because beforehand, before they sold Star Wars to Disney, mm-hmm. there were – if you, you know what canon means uh, – Canon is like a canon of a story means what exists in that version of that story. So let's say I made a Star Wars movie and a Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. The Star Wars book, I say Han Solo loves bananas. Right. But in the movies, he it's never stated that he loves bananas. And I claim that the book is canon. It means that in that movie, it still means that his character likes bananas. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So let's say I, you know, he dies in the book and he's not dead in the film. Then the book's not canon. That's mm-hmm. like the. There's th- still like if you watch the Star Wars movies, it still says Lucas Films, right? Yeah, it, it so still does it. Does this like um, people on his ranch, or whatever? So like, still work on the movies. Here's where I'm getting to. So the ranch before they sold it to Disney, they had six layers of canon, which was which is ridiculous. Wow. They had like the movie layers, the book layers, the video game layers, and what was more important, what meant what. And now after they had sold it to Disney, they've deleted like. All the books and all the video games are called oh, Legends now, so it's really? not considered canon in the Star Wars universe. Uh-huh. And there's, a, I think the guy who's in charge of it is called pa- Pablo Hidalgo is his name, and he works on the Star Wars Rebels show. I could be wrong. And uh, he's kind of the lore master of Star Wars now. So the there, are, there, there are books and movies and shows that come out now, and they're all considered the same Star Wars canon. And actually, the, the whole point was to clean it up because right. there were a bunch of different artists and writers writing different kinds of stories about yeah, Star like cartoons, Wars. cartoons, shows, movies, like off-brand all, things. All sorts. So they now have one consistent story since Disney had picked up. And I'm sure there are besides – I know Pablo Pablo is like the head of it, but I'm sure he has some crazy team that's checking all the lore and sources. And what they do is they drag stuff from like the le- – like they just brought this character Thrawn who was this crazy like Sun Tzu Art of War sort of general uh, that comes after the – Six movie in like the trilogy, like Return of the Jedi in the books, mm-hmm. and they brought him back now. So like he was in not he was the old canon, but now they put him in the new canon. Mm-hmm. So they sprinkle shit like that into the Very new cool. stories, which you is were cool. just at Comic Con, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we Kyle went, together. went together. You guys both went. Yeah, yeah. did you guys dress up? We, we, we nah, got our tickets yeah. last second. We didn't okay. kind of. Day of. Yeah. yeah. People go all out for those things. They well. did. There was a lot of people dressed up really, I'm really sure. nice. Dude, yeah. it was so fun to watch. Yeah. Just people like me. I was telling Kyle we could have just stood in one spot and just watched Yeah, here like there's day. always something going on in like short increments, right? Yeah. Like there's not like whole long seminars or anything like that. There's just like little pop-up things right yeah it's cool there are panels uh that there's like a lot of floors there's panels downstairs right and then there's like the main floor where there's just a shitload of exhibits and like all the people we called it the sweat box yeah the sweat zone sweat city and and apparently that's because ben enlightened me that uh like nerdy guys are called like sweaties i didn't i didn't make i didn't make that up i give john schnepp credit for that from collider movie talk yeah they're a complex company 
Um, yeah, and he calls nerds sweaties, and I love that fucking term. I'm just like, yeah, one. I'm getting real sweaty right now on the mic. The whole Star Wars thing I was just getting was getting real sweaty. So, what was the best costume you guys saw? Uh, that's a good question. There was there was a whole bunch of them that were really really gorgeous. Not, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I didn't really have a favorite. I was just enjoying the environment. People mm-hmm. were, uh, definitely. You know, some people go all out, and then yeah. you see that some people are kind of just last minute like us, like didn't dress up or dressed up. Just want to see. Yeah. yeah, but very like put together, like whatever. I don't really care. Sure, this is this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of which is cool. Yeah, you know, it, it is. How was your people, tickets? Uh, we I, got them for about $54 cause we bought them from a friend whose company had given it to him I for that price. Know. Yeah. I think it's like triple that for the original yeah, price, really? Ed, but, but it's for, for like all three, three days. days. Yeah, there was yeah, a lot of people days. that were hiring photographers to shoot them there. They were at oh. Comic-Con. So I'm surprised that you weren't there shooting someone else. Shut up, man. Damn. Yeah, dude, uh, honestly, next year we should go, and uh, you should definitely bring your camera because yeah, it's man, I'm fucking... Sure a lot of wealth. I wanted to see... I've always wanted to see the real uh, Peter Griffin. I watched that YouTube thing. Oh, that guy <laughs> that, that acts like Peter Griffin. In real life? Yeah, dude, he's great. He's, yeah. <laughs> like, spot on. Yeah. He's fucking hilarious, I agree. All right. He, he needs to find uh, a Lois, right? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can find one there. If, there. if there's anywhere you can find one, it'd be there. Yeah, at a Do they have other Comic Cons in like other cities? Oh, right definitely, all over, all over right? Definitely. That's all what I thought. Over. There's Comic Cons. There's like Wizard Cons. There's Video Cons. There's Brony Cons. So, what is the definition of cosplay? Uh, cosplay is, is just that different to, than Comic Con. Yes, yeah, so, Comic Con is a convention. Yeah. What is yes. cosplay? Cosplay is like dressing cosplay up. Is cosplay is dressing up. Dressing yeah. Up. Yeah. Cosplay is you know becoming a character from a fictional story and and, and assuming their role. Sort of yeah. A fictional story. It could be from a book. It could be from video game, movie, show, whatever. Movie, show. Yeah. You just you. Step into the persona of that character. Do they have a lot of Rick and Morty stuff out there? Yeah, oh, dude. We man. saw plenty. We saw Pickle Rick walking oh my around. Yeah, everyone, man. People are getting Rick. tattooed all Dude, all it's day. huge right now. People oh, love Have you had Rick. Uh, Rick and Morty requests? I've, I've, done a, uh, I've done a Rick tattoo. Really? Nice. Yeah. Full body or just head? Uh, waist up. It was at a flask with uh, Rick Rick's body. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking great. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't Great know. Great characters, if, uh, man. It's just like that, yeah. dude. That is some of the best writing. I think. I mean, it's. Yeah. I think by Honestly. far the best animated show on TV right now, for Hands sure. Down. Yeah. In a while. I can't think what's contending with it. I mean, have you been uh, excited for the Evil Morty? I mean, I I was Evil calling Morty, it out. That's right. Yeah. I was calling it out when season three first came out. I was like, "Where's that Evil Morty again?" Mm-hmm. Sorry and to they break your balls, a, Kyle. A whole, uh, the cop Morty was really funny too, though. Yeah, the cop Morty was so badass. Cop, cop Morty was oh, hilarious. Oh god, He's seen a lot of shit. <laughs> that was that was one of the funnier things. So, Evil Morty's not coming back for the record, Kyle. And not ever again. Uh, I don't know if not ever again. They might bring him back in season four, but he was supposed to be. They were supposed to close that plot line uh, during season three of Rick and Morty. There were supposed to be fourteen episodes, I think, and their time or some shit got cut, which I don't understand because it's yeah. How many episodes clearly, they do? Like twelve. They do. It was ten episodes a season. It's the most fucking popular animated show on TV, and they were late to releasing it. So I don't understand why they had budget or time constraints, but they were originally – you know how the last episode, it felt like they cleaned – like they finalized it a little too quick Mm -hmm. almost. It wasn't a super satisfying ending, but they were all back to the family, and it was going to be re-serialized. Yeah, spoiler alert. Fuck. 
All right, dude. It's Are been months it? since the episode came no, out. No, I'm just saying for anyone that's uh, listening. Whatever. Yeah. Get over it. Sorry. You snooze, you lose. Thank you, Leonard. Uh, so anyways, we're supposed to close the Evil Rick story, Evil Morty and storyline. became, spoiler alert, just became the president of, of that entire city. So I don't yeah. see how they can just close that. They did, it was, uh, they, they didn't mean to do that. Like there was more supposed to be written that they had mm-hmm. to cut out. Like that wasn't the end of it. I hope it. they bring it back next season. I do too. Okay. I think that the first <laughs> few episodes of next season are going to be that. That's what um, my prediction Honestly, is. they do such a free for all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you never know what you're going to get. So bloody too. Yeah. I love it. But oh, man, I'm like, it annoys me how long it's going to be. Just thinking about it is just like oh, same thing with a lot of those shows that become popular. You know, yeah. like, do you uh, like as somebody who I'm sure respects animation? Do, is there an art show? Is there like a cartoon that stands out to you as like one of the better drawn or produced? You know, or like, looking? Rick, yeah, Rick and Morty has been like really blew my mind because I was always like kind of skeptical. I mean, like you know, I've grown up in the '90s or whatever. Like, I thought we had the golden age. We definitely did. Yeah, we definitely did. And like. There's definitely like a whole new genre. I mean, Chowder was good. You know, I didn't that, see Chowder so much, but I, I know what you're talking about. I watched a little bit of that was a good, funny show. But uh, I, I know Adventure Time is really popular. Mm-hmm. I, I don't watch too much of it, but uh, I like it. I think I think it's like nice character design and stuff like that. But um, I'm, 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 I guess I'm not that huge of a fan that tries to watch a little bit of everything. I mean, if right. good, and like I'll, I'll, I'll stick to it. Like, you can't beat those Ren and Stimpy close-ups, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? Our Real Monsters, Angry Beavers. Oh, like, my God, dude. That hell is yeah, Angry progress. Beavers. Our Real Monsters was great. I mean, dude, they, see, they, would, they wouldn't have a character design in a kid's show where a character is carrying his eyeballs I around, know, you know? I know? Like, that is the, not something yeah. that we would get today, which fucking <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was absolutely great. Batman the Animated Series, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That was got a lot of good stuff back yeah. then. I personally liked Batman Beyond. Batman, Batman Beyond. Beyond, it was yeah. cool. So I think that was '99. Terry McGinnis. Yeah, so badass. That would be the one role that I would wish upon myself. Like I could somehow get that. I hope they don't make a movie anytime yeah, soon. Uh, they're always making remakes of something. You know? Yeah, Hollywood's always trying to milk a Kyle Nielsen. No, Terry McGinnis. <laughs> As Terry McGinnis. That's where we're going. That would be amazing. All right. Um, do you want to do the outro, Kyle? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, thank you so much, Leonard, for coming on the podcast and sharing your time and story with us. I really appreciate you doing that. My um, pleasure. Thank, thank you, you, Leonard. Would you like to give any plugs for how people can reach out to you for maybe some photography or they reach out to you for tattoo designs? You know, give yeah, yourself definitely. a plug right um, here. I would say the best way right now would probably be through Instagram, which is uh, at Def Leonard, D-E-F-L-E-O-N-A-R-D, which is my personal page. For photography mostly and uh for tattooing is at cat studios k-a-t-s studios doc well studios as a plug for instagram yeah all right very cool all right guys thank you so much for joining us for another episode on the disconnection podcast where we aim to inform inspire and close the disconnections in your lives we'd like to thank our guest today again leonard for coming on thank you so much and giving us a unique perspective on a range of topics Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and YouTube. My name is Kyle. I've been Ben. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Disconnection.